just um, a couple of uh, scriptures right quick. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. Appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, like I said, we've got several out uh, families that uh, got sickness and different things going on. So um, I don't, I'm sure the youth, youth is usually full. They're usually packed out in there, so they probably uh, really got it going in there. Uh, Psalm 145 and 19 is the verse of scripture that we had uh, from our, the day that we gave the word for the year. You'll find that word in this uh, passage of scripture, but uh, because we want to see things fulfilled in our life, this lesson, I believe, will help us see the end to some things. Psalm 145 and 19, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. What a tremendous promise there that God will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. When we serve the Lord, when we reverence him and love him and and walk in his ways, it doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. Um, You can make mistakes and still uh, fear the Lord. Many people in the scripture that feared God made mistakes because they are still human. But uh, you know what one desire is of someone who makes a mistake but he fears the Lord? is forgiveness. And guess what God does? He forgives people. And he, the Bible says we have a sin and we confess it. That he is faithful to forgive it. So that's a great thing. But he will also hear their cry and he will save them. Of course, he will save them from many things, not just uh, for eternity, but from many things that we face in this life. And then Ecclesiastes 3 and 14 says this, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear, as that word, not tremble and scared that he's going to slap them dead, reverence him, that honor him, should fear before him. And tonight I want to talk to us about God's sovereignty and my season. God's sovereignty and my season. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask you tonight to open up our heart and our minds to understand what you would say to us. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying tonight. Lord, we trust you and we want to believe you in all things. Tonight, Lord, anoint these lips of clay for just a few moments. Let me feed your people with this good word in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap before you're seated tonight. Praise God. Brother, could you give me just a tad bit more on this? Just a little bit more, not very much. Praise the Lord. Have you ever made the statement, uh, you got into something, maybe you got on, on a job or got in a class or you know, got involved in something, you said, I didn't sign up for this. You had other expectations. And it was I didn't, you know, about three hours into your day, you're like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Or uh, I can remember, uh, you know, jobs, going on jobs, doing things. And they're like, you got to get down there and uh, where that, I was working doing water lines. Like, you had to get down there and clean that sewer line out. I signed up with clean water. I said, not, 
and I didn't sign up for this, but, but you did because you became an employee, and now what they say goes, and that's how that works. Um, when we read Ecclesiastes 3 and 14, this is a statement that uh, shows us the sovereignty of God, that whatever he does, it'll be forever. Nothing can be put to it or taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Uh, in my study Bible, it had uh, a great little passage about this scripture, and uh, this is where we'll jump in. It says, a proper understanding of God must always include his sovereignty. God will do what he wants to do, and no mere human can change that. Recognizing this will cause us to fear or reverence God. A person will never truly understand or find meaning in life without a deep respect for God and his sovereignty. So when I said, have you ever made the statement, well, I didn't sign up for that, but you actually did, you just didn't know it. Whenever we come to God and, and give our life to him and say, I will serve you, whether you realize it or not, you just signed up to respect his sovereignty. We don't realize that at first. Most of us, if somebody at the altar while we were praying said, now listen, you're going to have to respect God's sovereignty. You wouldn't even know what they were talking about. As a matter of fact, when most people hear somebody say, well, God's sovereign, they, they, go, they just nod their head in agreement, but they really don't know what you just said. They, because they don't understand that because uh, as people in human and flesh and blood, we don't like for somebody to say, it's my way or no way. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I still like to have some options, you know, but uh, God is God, and that don't ever change. And he's the almighty, and he's the everlasting, and he's the creator, and he's the savior, and what he says and what he does, it stands. Nobody can change that. I can't change it. You can't change it. Uh, the president can't change it. The king can't change it. They cannot vote it out, vote it to change. They can't erase it, do anything. It's all there. It's his. God is sovereign. And until we really understand that, then we have a lot of uh, struggle in our walk with him because we're going to run into things where I don't understand why this is happening. That's why people in the world... Uh, will say, if God was a loving God, why would he let Australia burn up? It's not about him letting Australia burn up. This is the world. The world is going to continue as it is. Uh, God is sovereign. And could he have said, hey, I see a fire, I'll put it out. But he didn't. This world is going to go the course that it's going. God's not caught off guard by anything that this world is doing. God is still sovereign. But the world doesn't accept God uh, so they don't accept his sovereignty. That's why when you preach the word of God, the world gets upset because we preach this as God's infallible word. And it means what it says. And his word says it will accomplish uh, what it sets out to do. Uh, so we, we trust that and we believe that and the world doesn't like that. When we say, no, you can't do that because God's word says no. Oh, judging me. Hate speech. You know, so, but it's because they... Ultimately, they don't accept the sovereignty of God, that he is everything. And we will never, I don't even know that you can be saved without accepting the sovereignty of God because you have to believe that the plan of salvation is his way or no way. 
You can't say, well, I'd rather be saved like this, God. Can we sit down and talk about this? He'll say, no, it's in my word. So there's no place either uh, where we recognize God's sovereignty more than in his word. There's one scripture that I came across, you know, of course I knew I had read it, but then it is one of those times reading it and it just went, gotcha. Think about this. And I said, I need to adopt this into my mindset always. Psalm 119 and 128, the psalmist said, the psalmist said therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Whatever God says about anything, it's right. That's the way that the born again child of God has to have their mindset. Whatever God says about anything, it's right. Whether I understand it, whether I even agree with it, it's right. Whether it hurts me or makes me rejoice, still right. He said, and I hate every false way. Any way that is not God's way is a false way. When it comes to living this life, when it comes to doctrines, things like that, if it's not lined up with the doctrine of Scripture, false way. And the psalmist said, what I'm telling you here is that it's all or nothing with me and God. I trust Him as my Savior and Redeemer, and I esteem all His precepts, anything He has put in His Word, then I consider it to be right. There's no argument. You ever seen those little stickers that said, you know, uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, or something like that. You know, that's the way you need to be. Whether it's in God's Word, God said it. So there it is. So when the Scripture says also if we love His Word and we love His law, that nothing, we'll have great peace and nothing shall offend us. We, you, know, you, you trust it. You, that, that's why when you get in the middle of, of trouble and things happening in this world shaking up, you're not, you're not worried. You're not falling to pieces and, and, and giving up and backsliding because nothing that well, it won't bother you because you know God's got it all in His hand. The Bible says that His Word is forever settled in heaven; it can't be changed. God's Word is—he's got—he's—he's he's His Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The word was with God. So His Word is forever settled. His Word is sovereign. It means exactly what it says. We can't change it. That's why He warned us: don't take away from it, don't add to it, because My Word is sovereign. The Scripture says that the worlds. We understand this by faith that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Guess who created the worlds? He did. Isaiah 44 and 24 and 45 and 18, he, he makes the declaration. I formed it. I created I spread it about by myself. Nobody was there with me. Nobody advised me. Nobody gave me instruction. I did this on my own. And in Ephesians 1 and 11, it said that he works all things after the counsel of his own will. He doesn't have a round table of angels that he's saying, what do you think I ought to do about this? God makes up what he's going to do, and it's him, and that's it. He's sovereign. Romans 9, 20 and 21. Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? Now, I'm sure sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, why didn't you make me taller? And you give me dark, thick hair or curly hair or why have I got this nose? What happens? You know, but really, you just got to live with it. It's it. It's, uh, what, you know, 
this is what God has made, made you. But, of course, this is more on a, a deeper level, a ser- more serious note, sure. Uh, but why, why do you make me this? Why do you make me that? God made you who you needed to be. And then he says, has not the potter power of the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? The potter that's working on the clay, the, the clay's not going, hey, not so hard right there. You know, we'll take a little more off this side. The, potter, the clay is under the control of the potter, and the Scripture tells us that God is the potter, and we are the clay. And the Scripture says, you know, we say this all the time, but when you say this, what you're, you're agreeing to is that you will uh, trust His sovereignty. Lord, order my steps in your word. When you say that, you're like, because you want to get out of a mess or you want to go into deeper, greater things. But what you just said was, God, I trust your sovereignty. That's one of them. I didn't sign up for this. I asked to get better and be a preacher. I didn't ask to go through all this hell on earth. This is how you get there, buddy. (laughs) And so you got to trust God. So uh, we must trust him as we say we do. The Bible says that we commit the keeping of our soul unto him as unto a faithful creator. Well, if you really commit yourself to him, you're saying, God, I trust your sovereignty that whatever you decide to do for me, it'll be fine. I may not understand it. What if he says, hey, I want you to go start a church in Alaska. I don't like the cold. I need somebody, but you, that's where he wants you to go. You're going to not go just because you don't like the cold? No, you got to go. So uh, he said in one place, if we trust in the Lord, we'd be like Mount Zion. It cannot be removed. When you trust God and you trust his sovereignty, you'll be established. You'll be solid because you have gotten a revelation that everything that he does or says is right. It's not a little off the mark. It's not an option, but it is the only answer. Isn't that, you know, when we got choices, we mess things up. But when God says it's like this, hey, I don't have to worry about messing it up. Just do it like God said. It'll be fine. But when we start trying to, oh, let me see, where's that loophole at? Well, there ain't no loophole. It's God's word. And you can go to bed with peace and sleep because, you know, I have done what God said to do. I gave it to God. And so I can lay me down at night and be in peace because I know that God has got this now. It's his way, whether we serve him or not. Though That's the thing. He's sovereign. It doesn't matter if we serve him or even know him. Just because people don't believe in him doesn't mean his word doesn't work. I don't believe in God. I, so they, they wasn't no uh, creation. Just because you don't believe it don't mean it didn't happen. I don't believe in God. I don't believe no David and Goliath, no Noah's Ark. Okay. I don't even believe in Jesus. Don't believe nobody died for my sin. Well, you can... You don't have to believe it, but it's true nonetheless. And one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord because he's sovereign. And so we have to understand that. I'm, I'm going to get to the other part of this message in a minute, but, but us grasping and understanding the sovereignty of God is so vital to our walk with him because it, it goes all the way down to the very, very, very simple, basic part of our first steps with him that, Lord, I trust you to save me. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. You're trusting that he has power to do that. 
you, you're trusting that he has power to wash those sins away and that he has the power to fill you with his spirit. You're trusting in the sovereignty of his word because that's what his word says will happen. And so being uh, that sovereign God, he is, uh, the thing is, is it does not affect God in a negative fashion. Some people, if they, you know, if, if they had all the power, it would affect them in a negative fashion. You've probably been on a job where somebody was promoted to a place and they said, now they're over this, whatever they say goes. And in essence, they, they're kind of, they're, it's kind of like their position is sovereign for that company. Whatever they say, this is how it works, and they take it to the extreme. They're like, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And if you don't, you know, it's not in the rule books, but he said it. And so he's terrorizing people and, and getting a bad name. And nobody likes him. Everybody hates him and wants to kill him and, and hopes he falls down an elevator shaft. They just don't like him no more. Get out of here. It makes them negative. But the Bible says for men, we can't, there's a way that seems right to us, but the way's in, in death. It's, we, we can't handle uh, sovereignty. Uh, we're not sovereign. God's sovereign. You know, uh, the Bible tells me to acknowledge Him in all my ways because He's sovereign and not to lean to my own understanding. If we are left to ourselves, we will self-destruct. That's just it. Uh, if we had no one to question us, question our ways, question our actions, just assume we are always right, what I say is final. This is what starts showing up. Pride, arrogance, ego, dictatorship. About Hitler. Hitler felt like he was sovereign for Germany. What I say goes, and we're going to wipe this race off the earth. We're going to take over the world. And he became a dictatorship. In a church, it becomes legalistic. When a, a preacher begins to stand up and say, I got all the power, and what I say is it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, and I, it starts to interpret the Bible on his own terms, he becomes legalistic. But that's not God. God sticks to his word, but God's not legalistic. So being sovereign and being that, a sovereign God, he still loves. You see, just because he says, this is how it is, it doesn't mean he doesn't still love people. There's a flood coming, going to destroy all the people off the earth. Oh, I thought he was a God of love. He does love people. But he's got to do what he can do in, in that scripture that Paul wrote about, you know, the vessel can't say to the potter, what are you making? He's really telling, he said, we don't even have a right to question that because he's God. Though we do, but really, you know, we have no right to say, God, why would you do that? Because God does what he's going to do and nobody else gets to say anything about it. It does it because none of that changes who he is. He is love. That means whatever he does, his love was still there. He still shows mercy. He's still forgiving, compassionate, concerned. He still cares. He still provides. He still nourishes. He still delivers. He still heals and he still guides. He still feeds people, clothes people, protects people, rewards people, saves people, fills people with the Holy Ghost, and he still fulfills the desires of them that fear him even though he is sovereign. His sovereignty doesn't cancel out any of the other things that he is but his sovereignty will work side by side and hand in hand with his word. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good 
to them that love God and to them who are called or the called according to his purpose. Everything that we go through is under God's control, is under his sovereignty, and it all works for my good to them that if I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So you see how that even though he's sovereign and all kind of things can be going on in my life, I'm still covered, protected, blessed, going to be all right because it's what he wants to see happen. No matter what it is, it will work for the child of God's good if we fear him. The Bible said it. We read it at the beginning. If we fear him, he will save them. God's going to take care of us no matter what we're going through. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, this sovereign God. Even though I'm sovereign and it's my way, that's it. That's, it. I know what I think about you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Not evil and expected ends. God knows what he wants to see happen in every one of our lives and whatever he's got to do or allow to see it come to pass, he will. It's, it, this works for every single individual. Listen, uh, the Lord said, I know what I think about you. No one changes his mind. The devil cannot change God's mind about you. Nobody else can change God's mind about you. Can you get that? God said, I know what I think about him. That's why when the devil came and was looking for somebody to tempt, and the Lord said, have you considered Job? He wasn't worried. He said, I know Job. And he said, and I know what he's got in his life, and I know how he fears me and how he reverence me and he respects me. You know, we know that Job knew that God was, believed God's sovereign. Well, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall I receive good at the hand of the Lord, not evil? He said, whatever God's doing, it's God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job trusted in the sovereignty of God, and God trusted in him. And that's why he wasn't worried about, oh, he'll curse you to your face. Ah, I know the thoughts I got for Job, and this is going to be rough for Job. It's going to be rough, but at the end, he'll be more blessed than he ever was. He, when I have tried him, he will be gold. He'll be better. Just trust the sovereignty of God. Hey, just ask Joseph how it went. Woo, God gave me some dreams. Come here, brothers, let me tell you about my dreams. Y'all going to all bow down to me and worship me, and woo, we're going to kill you. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. And he sees dreams, and he knows that God's got something great for him. And, of course, I'm running through it, but he has no idea that one day as he goes to check on his brothers, this will be the beginning of a terrible, long, excruciating trial as they grab him rip off that coat of many colors, throw him in a pit, sell him into slavery. And then when he's sold into slavery, he gets lied on, cast in a dungeon. And then he's in there doing the work of God, interpreting dreams. Remember me when you come out of here. And the guy forgot him for a few years. A few, it was like three years, I think, a space of time. And so uh, in, that, in that time frame, it was a few years. And then the Pharaoh has dreams. And the butler remembers, oh, I know a guy. And he said, it's my fault, you know, be on me. I, I, I told him I would remember him. I, he was just happy to get out of prison. He didn't remember nobody. Uh, but he, they call for Joseph, and Joseph interprets the dreams. Pharaoh exalts him in that land, and there's nobody greater in Egypt uh, besides, next to Joseph besides Pharaoh. And now 
here comes his family looking for food in time of great famine, and, and he recognizes here they are, and they're uh, fearing before him. They'll recognize him at first, fearing before him, bowing down. He's feeding them, taking care of them, brings them all up to Egypt, takes care of them. Then they, rec- they, of course, then they know who he is. And he says, look what you intended for evil, God intended for good. It was God all along. Look what we did to Joseph. You didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing that God didn't already know about because God's sovereign. And God had ordered, yeah, he put those dreams to Joseph. He, was going, he planned on carrying out this plan, and he knew exactly how he would do it. He didn't say, Joseph, what you need to do is a couple of years just go knocking on Pharaoh's door asking for a job. No, that ain't going to work. You're going to go through some things. I'm going to see because in all those things, guess what uh, Joseph did? It said he kept his uh, self right with God. Even when he was in prison, man, the prison, the guy that was over the prison, he said, I just commit all these guys to him because everything he touches, God blesses. He was taking care of things and blessing people and doing things even when he wasn't where he knew God was going to take him or where he knew he believed at one time God was going to take him. And he, he waited all that time before that dream came to pass, but he trusted God. And it came to pass, just like God said. He remembered the dreams after he saw them show up and things like that. He remembered the dreams that God gave him. He said, wow, I had to go into a pit, into slavery, into a dungeon, and a lot of things before I got to where God wanted me to be. But it was God, and that's the way God worked it out. That's the way God wanted it to be. So now, uh, anybody got a question about God's sovereignty? We got it? He's sovereign. He's sovereign. What he says goes. Now we're sure of that, we can look at our season and figure out, because now we understand that whatever God does, he does for our good. It will work out to our good, even though we don't understand it. So in uh, Ecclesiastes 3, the first uh, eight verses, it says, to everything... There is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. So to everything there is a season. I was looking at just the first verse of this passage today and trying to break it down. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. All that goes on on earth, you know, in this world today, when we look at it, everything that's going on in our lives, everything that's going on in the world's chaos. If you were to describe it as, oh, it's turmoil, it's trouble, it's chaos, it's anarchy, it's, you know, it's earthquakes and floods and forest fires and, and, um, murders and, and, and killings and, you know, sex trafficking and, and addictions and spiritual wickedness and, oh, this world's a mess and everything is just chaos. It's not true. It seems like that to us until you realize that God 
uh, has ordered, structured it, season, put seasons to it, and put time to it. It's actually very structured because everything that's going on is going on exactly as God has seen it because God is sovereign and God knows what's going to happen. So all that goes on, it seems like chaos, but it is ordered, structured, seasonal, and time-oriented to everything, 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 everything. There is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. That's why, this, this is why it's so vital for us to pray. This is why Jesus, you know, it connects, even in my mind, it connects to the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray like this, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just prayed his will and his kingdom, sovereignty. Lord, let your kingdom come Nobody else's, not mine, not any other crazy religion, not nothing, not your kingdom come, your will be done. I just prayed for God's sovereignty so that everything going on under heaven will be like it is in heaven because to everything there's a season and a time and purpose under heaven. Things are going on under heaven and God sees what's going on under heaven and he has gave it seasons and he has given it time and he has given it purpose. It is not chaos. It is completely ordered by the way he ordered it. He saw the way it would go. So that's why we pray, Lord, your kingdom and your will because I want his answer. If I have his answer, I don't have to worry about nothing because it will be right. Whatever God does about anything, it's right. Whatever he says about anything, it's right. We may not get it. It might be hard. Love your neighbor or love your enemies. How about that one? Oh, it's God's word. God, I'll give twice as much in my tithing. Just do not make me love that person. Well, it don't work like that. I will teach 10 other Bible studies, but do not. Don't, don't. I, will, I will build a church in the Congo. Do not make me love that person. Well, you ought to build a church anyway, but you still have to love them. We can't get around it. It's God's sovereignty, and it's vital that we pray for that because we're praying, God, what we want to do is be in that will. We want to be in that kingdom because if we're in that kingdom in the middle of all this going on, we realize the scripture says everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but everything can't be shaken. Just everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But there's some things that are solid, just like people that trust God. Build yourself on the rock, trust in his word. Who, who are the people uh, whose, uh, he said, whose house stands the, the storm? It's the ones who dug deep, built on that, uh, on that solid rock, but those are the people that not only heard his word, but obeyed his word because they knew his word was sovereign and there's no other answer. I don't have to look for another avenue to try to get my answer. I don't have to look for another way to get my life right. You get your life right by the word of God and you won't never have to worry about any of this other stuff. Seek you first the kingdom of God. That's his kingdom, his righteousness. It's his way and all these other things, they'll be added to you. 
We can always think, well, what's, what's going to be added to me? Money or riches? Oh, you know what? Peace and comfort and strength. Yeah. Uh, hey, let me tell you, there's a lot of things that money can't buy. And, man, peace of mind is one of them. Uh, peace in your heart and, and love for your brother or sister, that's, hey, that's, that's something money cannot buy. But the, the God I serve can give you that. It, it comes with the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. And so in these seasons, we've got to realize that God is still sovereign. Because we, we get, well, seasons change. And this, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, season is a duration. Time, that word time in the, uh, in the Greek uh, or in the Hebrew, it's, uh, it means now, actually. It's the moment. So season is the duration. Time is the now or the moment. But here's the thing. Seasons change. And time expires. So God has set things in order so that something's not just running out of control. So if there is a time and a season, here we go. There is purpose in every one of the times, moments, and they only last for a season. So look what he said. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. There is purpose in birth. A time to die. There is purpose in death. Uh, it, that's hard for us to grab. We, you know, these these things. You know, we just really, well. Everybody loves to have new things. Birth. You know, I mean, when we're starting families, we want new, you got kids. You're having kids. That's something. But but in your ministries, you want to see new things. Birth in your ministries. You want to see new things going on. New things. New life. Things coming in. Nobody likes dying. But there's purpose in it. It has to happen. You know, uh, Brother John's made a great point the other night in our meeting. He, he was said, one day I went out on my back porch. He said, during the fall, it was just raining leaves. And he said, I thought, you know, these trees have to let go of those leaves so that they can get new leaves in the spring. And we're going to have to learn that we've got to let go sometimes to get the new. It's God's way. God designed it. He didn't intend for things to just be born. What if there was no death? Oh, man, it would be great when we get to heaven. Yeah, it would be great because there would be no dying there. But there also won't be no more population explosion. Whoever gets there, they're there. That's it. But what if on earth there was no death? The world would, couldn't hold it. A long time now, it would already be overpopulated. No animals dying. No people dying. No death at all. See, God knows His purpose. In every single thing, God has set it up. It's not just chaos. If it was just people being born, people being born, people being born, well, it'd be chaos. There's no order to it, but birth and death. And that's what he said. There's a time to every purpose. So there is a moment. There is a, 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 a now time, a moment when people are born. There's a time when people die. And it's seasonal. You ever noticed sometimes we talk about it, it seems like, wow, it's Especially as you get older, but you know that, well, somebody died. Well, they always say it comes in threes. And sometimes that works out. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, I ain't found nothing in Scripture to, to back that up, so I ain't saying that's Bible. I'm just saying people say, well, one who's going to die next always comes in threes. Well, seems like sometimes, though, several funerals in a row, it's like a season has come in and and, and people that we know, we're losing people that we know and things like that. But, but it's not just constant. 
It doesn't last forever. It's seasonally, then it stops, just like every season. Fall turns into winter. Winter turns into spring. Spring turns into summer. And all these things that he has listed here in these uh, six or seven verses right here, they all only have a season, but they do have time, and they do have purpose. Every one of them has purpose in our life. So there's purpose in every one of them. Uh, when we are at our wits' end, trying to figure out what's happened, you know, you know how you can say peace be still? Here, here it is. Here's how you say peace be still to everything that's going on. Number one, you remember God's sovereignty, that he's in control. And then you remember Romans 8 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Remember, purpose. That's what he just said in Ecclesiastes. There is a purpose uh, to all these things. There's a purpose for everything we go through. This writer wasn't just making a poem up and filling pages, he was telling us something that would transcend all the way to the New Testament church. Remember that whatever you're going through, there is purpose in it. And sometimes the purpose is just because God ordered it, because he's trying to take care of you or sometimes the individual. Many times we're connected to somebody that's going through something and it affects us, but guess what? It's really not about us because God deals with people individually. There's no group, you know, we're going to all individually be saved. It won't be in the book of life, the Waldens. It'll, it'll have uh, my name, uh, my wife's name, my kids' names will, will be listed separate. It won't be like Walden family, Lamb's book of life. That's not how he does it. He deals with everybody individually. Uh, when our loved ones are going, we got families that their loved ones are going through things, and it's tough because it hurts. It's emotional. We love our families, and, and so it does affect us to a sense, but ultimately it is about them. It's the path that God has designed for them. And uh, what will help us sometimes in these things is remembering that God is sovereign and that even though he's sovereign, he's not a dictator and he's not mean, he's not cruel, and he's not a bully he is loving, and everything he does, he does with love. Everything he does, his mercy uh, never fails. He, his compassion never fails. Everything he does, especially concerning us, his children, is out of his love and compassion and mercy. No matter how rough it is, no matter how uh, good it is, it doesn't matter. Either way, either end of the spectrum, God loves his people. So, uh, you know, I talked about that peace be still moment. You know, the, those disciples, well, they were on that boat and uh, Jesus rebuked them for their lack of faith. But their lack of faith didn't stop his sovereignty. He was still in control because even though they didn't have faith, he stood up and said, peace be still. He'll show believer or unbeliever what I say goes. And so whether they had faith to believe it or not, because they didn't ask for him to calm the storm. They just said, don't you care? We're about to die. We followed you. We dropped everything to follow you, and you brought us out here in this boat. We're about to die, and you're sleeping. You don't care? Where's your faith? Peace be still. I think I would have got off the boat and swam. Like, well, I'm not staying on this boat. Not if we just uh, challenged him like that. But he was showing them something, and, and, and it shows me something. That it doesn't matter whether I, can, I believe him or trust him or not. God can do what he's going to do. He's in control of it all. And so remember God's sovereignty. Remember Romans 8, 28, purpose. And then remember it's seasonal. This right now moment, this time is seasonal. 
That's the good thing about time. You know, oh, I, I, I hate this, this time, but it's seasonal. Some people say, I hate this time of year. It's seasonal. Guess what? Three months, it'll go away. Just hang in there. And it's like that in these things. Uh, death can't continue always, just like birthing can't continue always. Killing won't continue always. Uh, there'll be healing. It's all a time to kill, a time to heal. Purpose in every bit of it. Every single bit of it, there is purpose. And so, but here's the big reveal. Verse 11, when we jump down just a couple of verses to verse 11, after we read all these things, it says, listen, this goes right with verse 1. In verse 1, he said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 11, he said, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. So everything that's going on, that's what he's talking about at the beginning of the verse. He's talking about the order that God has in this world. To everything that's going on, God has made it beautiful in its time. So when uh, we say, well, I don't know if I can see that. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He's also set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. Everything in verses 2 through 8 is beautiful in their time. When we see things through God's eyes, then we will see beauty in everything. If you can see it the way God sees it, there's beauty in everything. God ordains these times and seasons in our life, and then everything he created uh, has brought uh, beauty and purpose. Funerals are sad, no doubt, but the funeral of a faithful saint can be a very beautiful service. Does it mean our hearts are not broken? No. But the beauty of us thinking about what they may be seeing now as they are absent from their body but present with the Lord, beauty. God has made all these things beautiful in their time. Mourning, uh, they said there was a time to mourn. Well, I don't do that, but when you see people, God turning people's mourning into dancing, that's beautiful. When we find... Uh, uh, we're going through trials and tests, you know, you'll find beauty in the comfort and the peace and the deliverance that God gives you in the middle of that storm. Think about how good you feel when God finally says, okay, man, it's, it's, it's going to be all right. When God comes in and just touches you and comforts you and you're like, I don't have to worry anymore. You know, there's things as, as parents that, um, you know, we, we worry especially about our children. Oh, my goodness, from the time they're born, you know, usually when it's early, am I going to drop them? Or am I going to feed them something that they're allergic to and they're going to swell up and die or something? You know, you're just like, you're, you're, man, you go to the extremes, man. Oh, they're coughing, they're coughing. People cough, you know. Uh, they cry, what's wrong with them? They're crying, you know, everything. You worry so much, but then as they get older, you, oh, it don't stop. It don't stop. The older they get, the worse it gets. I, I'm determined to believe that, that it's just worse, man. You, you, you start to trust them, but it's still you're like, Lord God, take care of them, watch over them, bless them, because now I ain't got to worry about them falling out of a tree or skinning their knee, but who are they going to end up with? What are they going to do? How, you know, are they going to live for God? What, you know, you're just losing your mind. There's nothing like getting comfort from the Lord in things like that. The other uh, morning when we were at this conference down in McDonough, and man, God was moving in a mighty way, and and uh, I mean, people was praying on the platform and doing stuff. And, and I saw one of the brothers there, uh, Brother Chris, he went, he was praying for, for Jake. And man, just power of God was falling. And, 
And uh, he come back over there where I was a few minutes later. He told me a few things. He told Jake, and he said, listen, he said, the Lord wanted me to tell you this. He said, your kids are going to be fine. Well, I'll tell you, that was the best news that I could have gotten you know, as a parent that you hear because you pray for your kids and you worry about your kids and, and they, you know, they're trying to minister and serve the Lord. You want them to take the right steps and do things. And he said, the Lord wants you to know that your children are going to be fine. Man, I could have run home. I was so fired up and happy about it. But the, the feeling I got from that. And so that's what I'm telling you. God knows. He cares. He's sovereign. He sees everything. He's going to take care of you and me. He's going to take care of our families. He's going to take care of our situations because he cares. Being sovereign, you know, a lot of people, they had all the power. They just wouldn't care about nobody else. It's all about me. But God's not like that. He loves his people. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. God cares. And that's why when they were like, don't you care? And he's like, peace be still. Wow. That, well, you know, they wouldn't worried about the storm anymore. Now it's like, ooh, I hope we didn't get in trouble by, uh, you know, not having faith and not doing what we're supposed to do. Our hard times, our trials are always in the hand of the one who loves us the most. He's sovereign. And that should bring us great comfort because uh, he's the master. You know, they stopped Jairus when he, his daughter was sick and he was bringing Jesus home with him. And, you know, at some point on the journey, they, they meet him and say, listen, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master any further. Jesus looked at him and said, don't be afraid, only believe. I don't know what kind of comfort he felt in that, but I, I just believe that the word of the Lord is so comforting that even though he still knew his daughter was dead, he knew something's coming because they kept walking. He didn't send Jesus away. He didn't get mad. He didn't throw a fit. He didn't say, you know, uh, if you hadn't stopped the fool with that woman with the issue of blood, we'd already be there. You know, he, he didn't go off. And he, he just trusted God, and uh, they got there. He went in, raised her from the dead, presented them to the parents, and they were rejoicing, and they're happy, and, and I'm sure they had a great wedding sometime. You know, it was, it, it, life went on because God will do what he said he would do. If he says, hey, don't be afraid, just believe, then do that. God's got it. God has it. And all these verses, those first eight verses, that verse 11 leads us right back to where we started at verse 14. I know whatever God does, it shall be forever. When you read all those verses and you jump to there now, it gives you perspective on the times and seasons and the purposes that God has in this world. He says, I know that whatever God does, it will be forever. Nothing can be put to it or taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. And if we fear before him, he will give us the desires of our heart. One scripture does not cancel out another. They go hand in hand. That's why he does the things. That's why we go through things so uh, we would fear him, reverence him, trust him, trust his sovereignty because time and season and purpose is in his hand, not mine and not yours. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Honey, you can come to the music. So stand with me tonight. God being sovereign should not ever cause us to doubt him. But instead it should do the exact opposite and put us at ease. Who else would you want to have your problem? If you're going through something, 
who could you possibly give it to that would be better than God? Who could you possibly trust? The scripture says some trust in horses and some in chariots. Some of them, you know, uh, one, another scripture that ties in with that is that, that some trust in princes and things like that. He said, but we will remember the name of our Lord. We're going to trust in God. Yeah, chariots are fast and your army's mighty, but we're going to trust God. We're going to believe that God will do what he said he will do. Whether you just might get killed or Nah. David got ready to go face Goliath. Saul tried to give him his armor. Tried to dissuade him. This guy's been a man of war from his youth. He was just a youth. But God's sovereign. And maybe he didn't bring it up. At that time, probably would have been very, very awkward. But you know, it wasn't too long ago, uh, the man of God came and poured oil on my head anointed me to be king of Israel and that ain't happened yet I trust God and if I got to fight a few giants on the way dodge a few javelins along the way hide in some strange lands along the way make some terrible mistakes along the way so be it I'm going to stick with God because God's going to take care of it so we shouldn't ever doubt God but let his sovereignty put us at ease he knows exactly what he's doing he's never puzzled, like, oh, I don't know what to do in this situation, like we are. Man, I don't know what to do. We can't even decide where to go eat. You know, so, but God knows exactly what he's doing at every time, and he knows exactly what's best for us. So remember in your season, remember God's sovereignty. And when you remember that God has put all these things, it looks, oh, it's, such, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's, it's chaos. Actually, it's ordered because it has a season and it has a time and seasons have to change. That's the law of nature. I know our seasons seem crazy in Georgia, but seasons do still change and time does still expire. Time does not stand still, neither do the seasons. It's going to move on and, and then it will be better. So trust God, trust His sovereignty and just believe that you're going to make it through. He's got your best interest at heart. Let's lift our hands and pray to the Lord tonight. Thank Him for all that He does. Jesus, we love you so much tonight. And we're so glad that it's all in your hands. That all power in heaven and earth belongs to you. Lord, tonight we ask you to help us, God, as we walk through this land. Lord, you said that in this world we would have tribulation, but we could be of good cheer. Lord, I know that's because... You've already ordered our steps. You know where we're going. You know that there's going to be a way of escape for whatever temptation comes against us. God, you have put perfect order into what we think is chaos. Help us to trust you tonight, God, to believe you in all things. And Lord, we're going to praise you forever. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. What a great God. God, we praise you tonight. Hallelujah.